Business banking shouldn't feel like another transaction. UMass 5's Commercial Services Division is comprised of business owners, so when it's time to make crucial decisions, we're ready with advice drawn from hands-on experience. Contact Jeff Simpson, CFA, at 413-256-5560 or visit umass5.coop business. Hello, and welcome to Business Talk, presented by Business West and Living Local and brought to you by UMass 5's Commercial Services Division. Hi, I'm Chris Kellogg from the Kellogg Crew Morning Show on 94.7 WMAS, and here's your host of this edition of Business Talk. He's the editor and associate publisher of Business West. Here's George O'Brien. Good morning, Chris. Thank you, and and welcome, everyone. Welcome to Business Talk. My guest today is Bob Nakastein. Uh, he's a professor of economics at the Eisenberg School of Management at UMass Amherst. Bob, how are you today? I'm fine, George. Good to see you. Good to see you too. How are things at my alma mater? Yeah, it's it's, um, it, it's a it's an empty campus. Um, we're awaiting word on what's going to happen in the fall, which should come uh, later this week. Uh, but boy, what a complex what a complex plan they have to come up with. I'm sure it is. Um, Good luck to you with that. Uh, this must have been an interesting spring semester. A lot of uh, teaching moments, I would imagine. Well, yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a Zoom guy now. <laughs> We're all Zoom guys now. We're all Zoom guys. Everybody's a Zoom guy. So we have a lot to talk about, and 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 let's get right to it. Uh, for those of you who who read Business West, you know that we talk to Bob uh, frequently about the economy. Uh, we talked about usually uh, toward the end of every year with a, a look ahead to the year that's going to come. Uh, we call it our economic outlook section. Uh, it's not on your business card, but but Bob is a pretty good forecaster, uh, pretty good at looking down the road and telling people what might happen with the economy. Bob, I imagine that under these circumstances, that is difficult, if not next to impossible to do with a pandemic topped by a recession. I'd say that's exactly the right wording for it. Um, I've never had a situation where uh, the, the economic forecast is so um, completely tied to the health forecast. Uh, one really uh, informs the other in a kind of a circular fashion. There are, some, there are scenarios that are played out, and I can talk about those at some point if you'd like, but to give you a firm forecast is virtually impossible. Okay, so so Bob, let's kind of break this down uh, piece by piece. You've got a, a pandemic on top of a recession. Uh, Let's start with the pandemic uh, and the and many ways that this has impacted the economy, starting with employment. We have so many people unemployed, and that creates a, a trickle down. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, the, um, uh, it, it's really a dramatic thing to, watch, to look at a graph of both employment and unemployment. Uh, the state was near record lows of unemployment and well past record highs of total employment. And then we had the sudden stop economy. And, and of course, um, the graph is, is almost silly to look at because it's floating along near zero for, for unemployment and continuously rising for employment. And suddenly, the unemployment rate skyrockets and the employment numbers bottom out. Um, and as you might guess, the, um, the industry sectors that are most affected by this are the face-to-face sectors. Uh, for example, um, Hotel and, and uh, restaurants dropped 50%. That's five zero, not 15, five zero percent in their total employment. Uh, recreation and entertainment dropped 70%. So these numbers are just, they're unfathomable to somebody who didn't live in the Great Depression. 
Uh, I tell my students I'm the only one alive who can talk about the uh, Spanish flu, and I guess I can talk about the Great Depression as well. But these numbers are simply hard to grasp. Um, uh, but in contrast to that, for example, finance and real estate only dropped a little less than 1%. Um, in the information sector dropped a little more than 1%. So it's really the face-to-face economic sectors that got bludgeoned by this pandemic and they continue to suffer even though the the federal legislation that pumped a lot of money into the economy has really stabilized things they're well, now stabilized at a very low rate i'm glad you brought that up because we we have uh near record unemployment if not record unemployment but it's complicated if that's the proper word by the federal assistance that's been provided i, I was reading last week that the poverty rate has actually gone down in the middle of all this because of the aid that's been provided by the federal government. Of course, this aid is not going to last, and that makes predicting into the future even more complicated. Do any of your models show anything about what might happen in the next quarter or two, assuming that we continue on the trajectory that we're on? Well, as you say, it's the um, the first point to make is that this federal legislation worked. Uh, I know it sort of takes your breath away that uh, the federal government went $3 trillion with a T, trillion dollars more into debt, approximately. Um, but it had the salutary effect of really stabilizing the economy. It was, a, I think, a big surprise to people that the unemployment rate for the nation went down uh, in, in May. Um, I think there's some statistical problems with that, but there was also a substantive improvement in, in the job market. And that was really almost solely due to the federal legislation that pumped money into the economy. As you say, that, that money's going to run out in, at the end of July, I believe. And so forecasting what happens next is not only is it a health forecast and an economic forecast, but now it's a political forecast. What's, what's going to happen in Washington, D.C.? Uh, are they going to continue the, the, the stimulus? Are they going to pump it up again? I think one of the biggest issues uh, that, that we're facing right now is what's going to happen to state and local government? Um, these, these government entities have to balance their budget uh, every year. And so there's a lot of talk about perhaps that stimulus will, will uh, provide some, some much-needed relief to state and local governments. But that remains to be seen. It's, it's, it's political now. Okay, this is Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West and Living Local, sponsored today by UMass Fives Commercial Services Division. We're talking with Bob Nockestein, a professor of economics at the Eisenberg School of Management at UMass Amherst. Bob, you, you said it. Uh, we not only have a pandemic and a recession, but we have a presidential election coming up at the same time. It's kind of like a perfect storm of conditions that, as you said, will make predicting what's going to happen uh, that much more difficult, then you've got the matter of consumer confidence and business consumer confidence. These are the triggers that are probably really going to determine how quickly we can pull out of this recession. Uh, I, I don't know what, whether you have numbers for confidence at this moment, but most people I talk to are, are in a real serious pause, a holding pattern that goes for individuals as well as businesses. This is going to hurt the efforts to climb out of this, I would imagine. Yeah, it, I think business confidence is a key issue here. And, and the thing is, the, the confidence issue goes beyond its normal dimensions. Uh, I have a friend who is a, uh, teaches yoga to classes of 30 individuals. And I asked her at one point, do you think your, 
your clients are going to want to come back into a room, a closed room to take a yoga class. And she looked at me and said, I'm not sure I want to go back into a closed room to teach yoga. And I think that's in a microcosm. That's kind of where the economy, that, that's a new layer on the business confidence issue. It's, it's a confidence in, in face-to-face engagement as well. So um, gosh, there's just so much uncertainty in this and it's so hard to, to kind of fathom how we might pull out of this, but it's going to, it, it, there's no doubt that it's going to be a slow process and maybe even with some, some, if you don't mind the lettering here, maybe even with a W-shaped uh, recovery where we sink back into recession and then again start to pull out of it. We're hearing a lot about the shape of the recovery. We know it's not going to be a V. We don't think it's going to be a U. The last I heard was a Nike swoosh kind of recovery. I'm not sure exactly how that is going to work either. Bob, let's shift gears and talk a little bit about business and management. How has the pandemic changed the way business is done, in your opinion, and how might it change how business is done moving forward? Well, it's it's no uh, it's not a random event that the businesses that fared well, that lost little employment, were the ones that could could go remote and not really lose any of their substantial uh, operations. Um, and I think that this is going to lead to a discovery that maybe remote work uh, is the wave of the future. I think it certainly is going to be a wave of the future in higher education. Uh, We're being told by our upper level administration that uh, we need to prepare not just for uh, the upcoming year of of remote education, but maybe this is a new way of life um, and the wave of the future. And I think that's going to be true of a lot of businesses. Amazon, of course, has just done spectacularly well during uh, the pandemic, and that's because they have a model that is not face-to-face. So I think this is pushing us to, uh, and I don't think it's just temporary, I think this is pushing us to a, a new business model uh, that does not necessarily mean face-to-face interaction, at least not as much. That would be a, a real significant shift for a lot of businesses. Uh, I suppose it's going to start with how things are taught or maybe people are just going to learn on the fly how to do it. There seems like a lot of learning on the fly going on right now, Zoom meetings and everything else. Yeah, and I think that that works that works okay for some businesses, for some business sectors, and it works terribly for others. I think it's hard to know how to, uh, how to run a restaurant on the fly when you do so remotely. Now, the ones that are staying in business are doing so because they have remote pickup and delivery. Uh, but remember, for example, in restaurants, um, the ones with full bars get their biggest margin with mixed drinks. And those are gone. You can't have a mixed drink that you deliver to uh, remotely or to somebody's home. Um, and some businesses are faced with that, you know, with, a, with an analogous kind of situation where they simply won't be able to get back to, to life as usual and maybe won't even survive. Uh, when this thing ends up uh, tapering down. I know that it's hard to look ahead and it's hard to fully understand how this is going to impact everything, but I was talking to some people uh, yesterday about how this might ultimately impact large municipal cities like Boston. Uh, A lot of those corporations are going to decide that that maybe they don't don't need to pay $80 a square foot for 20,000 square feet. They may move out of Boston, uh, how do you see this impacting areas like that? I know it's, it's hard to, to predict. It, it's hard to predict, but one of the things that has developed in the past 10 or 15 years is the importance of urban spaces to corporate locations uh, in recruiting uh, highly educated, 
uh, especially highly educated young people, uh, what's been discovered is that having a, a viable urban space that's enjoyable to be in, that, that provides lots of, of opportunities for social interaction, that's been really important in corporate locations. It was no accident that General Electric, located in Boston, which has just a large number of really quite wonderful urban spaces available to its people. I just don't know what's going to happen to that aspect of corporate locations in the future. As you say, the premium that's paid for office space may not be viable when those urban spaces are much less attractive uh, because, because social interaction itself is much less attractive. So I think we're on the verge of seeing some possible changes. Nobody knows for sure, but you raise a really good point. Well, this is Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West and Living Local, sponsored today by UMass Five's Commercial Services Division. We're talking with Bob Nakastein, a professor of economics at the Eisenberg School of Management at UMass Amherst. Bob, we've talked a lot over the years about Western Massachusetts. When we break down the state's economy, we almost have to do it in two parts, the eastern part of the state and the western part of the state. Um, I've asked a lot of hard questions, but uh, here's another one. Is there any chance that this pandemic might level the playing field in some kind of way and allow Western Massachusetts to perhaps emerge? If people aren't going to work in office buildings, if they're not going to work in crowded urban centers anymore, is this an opportunity for Western Massachusetts with its lower cost of living, all those amenities, all those golf courses, all those rivers, all those, is this a chance for UMass, or I'm sorry, Western Massachusetts to, to emerge? level that playing field? Well, it may be. One of the things that, um, one of the factors that has uh, led to the, to the resurgence of the South of the United States, Southern states, has been the low cost of living. Uh, you can buy a house, uh, office space, space is not a, expensive. And perhaps with this, this decline in the interest of these big urban spaces, perhaps we're on the verge of seeing something like that happen to Western Massachusetts. Uh, housing is not as expensive out here. Office space is not, not as expensive. As you say, there, there are lots of amenities and activities. Um, I guess if I were to predict, there's a lot of inertia to overcome in, in uh, having uh, sort of any kind of economic boom in the western part of the state. But I think it's possible. Uh, time will tell. Um, I think the factors are in place. We'll just see if, if that's how things evolve. Well, we certainly will see. Uh, on a personal level, what's it like... Uh teaching by Zoom as opposed to having those students in the classroom. That, that's got to be a much different experience for you. It's a totally and different experience. Yeah, for, for everybody. Um, I'm, my style encourages um, lots of interaction. I tell my students that the only thing that's not allowed in the classroom is a fire hose when they want to ask questions. Uh, and even though I have some live Zoom sessions, there's a, there's a shyness to students when they're in that kind of technology. Uh, it it changes the equation really kind of kind of radically, uh, and I have yet to to figure out um, if this really damages the educational process. I, in terms of what happened in the spring semester, there was no evidence the students did any worse than in previous semesters. But you know, once again, going forward, it's hard to predict. Uh, I've been told that most classes at UMass in the fall will be taught remotely. Um, that the ones that won't be taught remotely are, for example, laboratory classes where they have to be in the lab doing things. Uh, but in terms of, of just regular classroom work, it'll almost all be remote. I really, it's hard for me to predict how that's going to change the educational outcomes. 
we've heard those words a lot today. It's hard to predict. And, yeah. you know, Peter, you've had a long career of, of looking at the economy. Uh, economists have a way to look to the past uh, to learn from and kind of project to the future. Uh, there is no playbook when it comes to a pandemic on top of a recession during an election year. And that must make it that much more difficult for you people. Well, I had a, when I was a, a professional economic forecaster many years ago, I had a big poster in my office that said, you can see the future by looking at the past. Uh, and of course, that's true as long as there's no discontinuous, abrupt change linking the, the past to the future. But of course, that's exactly what we've had now under those kind of conditions. If things aren't continuously evolving, but rather disrupting, being disrupted and being discontinuous, it's really hard to, to, to forecast. And that's exactly uh, in spades. That's exactly the situation we're in right now. Okay, one more quick one. How did your graduates do this year? Uh, the, obviously, the job market was was very much turned upside down by the pandemic. Uh, did most of them land safely? Um, not as many as we would hope. There, there were a lot of, of uh, not surprisingly, the students that were being recruited by the sectors that did that didn't get hurt as much. Uh, the ones where remote work actually works did okay. The ones, for example, who, who are operations managers who had to be on the operations floor, uh, they had their their uh, job offers either postponed or canceled. Uh, it's hard to get data on this, I think, because uh, students voluntarily tell us how they've done in the job market, but there's no doubt that, that this whole episode has really hurt uh, the, the job prospects of our seniors and our graduate uh, MBA students as well. And again, moving forward, uh, next fall would be a time for a lot of these people to be interviewing. Uh, is that going to go as scheduled, do you think? Or? It's going to go as scheduled, but it's going to be remote. I can't imagine. Uh, I, the, the interview rooms we have at the Eisenberg School are very nice, but they're very small. It's really hard to social distance when you haven't got six feet in the room to be apart. Uh, so it, it's going to have to be, that's going to have to change just as well as everything else does. And, and we'll see how many firms want to come to that remote kind of situation and how much hiring they want to do. Now, having said that, I've got appointments this week with uh, potential employers uh, to talk about the uh, Eisenberg graduates, how they might fit into their, to their firm. So job placement is ongoing. It's just more erratic. Uh, it's at a lower level, but you know, the economy is still moving along in, in some fashion. Okay, well, keep up the good work. We know Eisenberg has been climbing up those ranks of the best business schools in the country, and we hope that that trend continues. Thank you very much, George, and let's play some golf sometime. <laughs> well, thank you again. Uh, you've been a big help, as always, and as difficult as it is to predict, uh, you did a great job. Well, thanks for listening, and remember to join us next time for another episode of Business West Business Talk, sponsored by UMass Five College Credit Union and presented in partnership with Living Local. I'm George O'Brien, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.